Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. The Gospel of Mark is unique in many ways among the four gospel accounts of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus on the earth. One of the unique aspects of Mark is that it is arranged according to the actual historical sequence of events. Well, this can make it more difficult to study and to understand, but the divine and sovereign arrangement is really quite marvelous. Chapter 1, for example, presents us with the complete contents of the gospel. And chapter 2 follows then with five cases that illustrate how the Lord Jesus, as the slave Savior, carried out the gospel in his service to all the weak, hungry, and needy people. The first of these five cases is a really marvelous account that, when understood correctly, opens the way for all of us fallen sinners to enter into the rich gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to help us with this uh, entrance, Francis Ball is here today. Francis, uh, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed uh, getting ready for this program. The contents of our our life study today and these verses in Mark is really wonderful, isn't it? Yes, I have enjoyed it very much myself and very thankful that such a program could be put over in the air. Francis, before we get to uh, this uh, portion in Chapter 2, let's review just a little bit. Of course, one of the unique aspects of Mark is that it portrays a different view of the Lord Jesus than any of the other three. We've seen in the past that all four Gospels uh, have their own particular characteristic that unveil him in a certain light. But uh, why don't you, for the sake of those who maybe weren't with us for our previous programs, point out again what we see of the Savior in the Gospel of Mark. This is really amazing. What we see of the Savior in this Gospel is that he is a slave. Ah. He is not a teacher merely, but he's a slave. He's carrying out the gospel work. He is a slave of the Father to carry out God's intention in this gospel. Of course, we've seen in previous programs where the Gospel of Matthew shows him in his kingly status. John shows him as the divine one, you know, the uncreated one. Yes. And Luke shows him uh, also as a man, as Mark does, but in a a little different light. As you right. said, Mark shows us uh, this is the slave Savior, whereas Luke, being this you know physician, this man of uh, higher uh, social standing and, and whatnot, we really see Christ in his sort of uplifted and perfect humanity. But this one uniquely uh, really shows us, as the Lord himself says in chapter 10 of Mark, that he came not to be served, but to serve. Really a slave servant here, isn't he? Yes, that's the marvel of this particular book. I think many people have realized that he was the son of God, and as a man he came to bring God to man. But we never realized, I don't think, until we got into Mark, that really his service was that of a slave. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, as it says in this gospel. Okay, let's, uh, again, as a little bit of review, in chapter 1, which we've already covered now in our previous programs, we see the contents of the gospel. 
in several aspects. But when we come to chapter two now and the first part of chapter three, we're presented with five cases, different uh, encounters that the Lord had with various uh, ones, each case depicting or illustrating how he carried out this gospel service. So it's not so much a gospel based on teaching and doctrine, maybe as we might say Matthew uh, shows us. In Mark, we're really seeing the gospel lived out and carried out by Mm -hmm. this slave savior in a marvelous way, Francis. Yes, I think these five cases are very significant of the progress of the, the slave savior's work in bringing sinners to himself. Okay, let's look at a few verses here. Actually, we'll cover uh, 12 verses in chapter 2 if you're following along. I'm going to read uh, the first five verses to help kind of get us into the first of these cases, which is a a very enjoyable portion. All right, chapter 2, verse 1 of the Gospel of Mark. And he entered again into Capernaum after a few days, and it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even at the door. And he spoke to them the word. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four men. And being unable to bring him to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof where he was. And when they had dug through, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Child, your sins are forgiven." Wonderful account, uh, Francis. We remember this story. I think most of us think of it in terms of being a story of healing, divine healing, because the paralytic here uh, pretty soon uh, rises up off his mat and takes it on his way. But the key thing is this whole account begins with these words, child, your sins are forgiven. All right, here's Witness Lee with our first portion. We come to uh, chapter 2. In chapter 1, we have seen the content of the gospel. It tells us what is the gospel and when the gospel began and uh, what are the items contained in the gospel. Then in chapter 2 we can see the way how to carry out this rich gospel. It's very interesting to see that you have five instances The Lord Jesus didn't teach us the way to carry out the gospel, but he just practiced it. You see, he himself does it. He not only practices these things, he was sovereign to control the environment. Right after chapter 1, there is such a case. A uh, paralytic man carried before men but they couldn't get through. Then they uh, went up to the roof, and they uh, dug the roof, and they dug through. Why this was the first case? It's quite meaningful. Because this is the case of the forgiving of sins. To carry out the gospel, the first thing is to get people's sins forgiven. You know, we, the foreign race, do have the basic problem. And the basic problem is our sin. God created the universe so clean, so neat, no sin. And then God created man so pure, right, so good. 
But Maya, the evil one, the enemy of God, came in. And something got into man. What was that something? Sin. Sin. Sin got into man. All the troubles of today's mankind is due to sin. Then, how to carry out the gospel? The first step is to get people's sin forgiven. Sin has to go. Francis, I think uh, we all appreciate what we've just seen here. The Lord is, in a sense, teaching not just his disciples, but he's teaching us related to the gospel. But his way of teaching is not uh, with a chalkboard and a series of instructions. His way of teaching is by actually living it out himself and carrying it out himself. And the very first thing we see is this matter of forgiveness of sins. How significant is this? This is marvelous because the basic problem with man is sin. Sin got into all of us. So the greatest need we have is for sin to be dealt with. These cases that we're getting into in this chapter Mm -hmm. are really marvelous to see how the slave Savior carried out his service to really bring men's sin to an end. Francis, uh, this identification of the man's sickness with the man's sin is very striking, isn't it? You know, it would have been, of course, he was the Lord. He could have just easily said, uh, rise up and walk which eventually he gets around to. But his first word is the matter of, you know, as you said, dealing with the man's sin, realizing that all of man's problems, all of man's difficulties, whether physical or, or, or psychological, uh, economic, everything, all of the suffering that takes place on the earth really is related to this basic problem, isn't it? It really is. And it's very interesting to see the Bible is really the only book that tells us that problem is sin. Yeah. Well, we got saved, and I think we all have a kind of ability now to relate to this poor man. We may not have had the physical ailment, but, but certainly we we're all paralyzed in one way or another. Surely in our ability to, to satisfy God's requirements, uh, we're all paralytics in that sense. And we have all experienced this forgiveness. This really is the door of the gospel, isn't it? This is marvelous to see that in this case, what the Lord requires is this kind of service in order to bring a paralytic, a helpless paralytic, into God's presence for him to forgive his sin. Interesting also, the word here, and this is something you actually mentioned as we were talking a little bit before we began recording the program, and verse 5 again says, and Jesus seeing their faith. Yes. Yeah, here was this paralytic and he's being carried by these four men on a kind of a mat, a sheet, each one, uh, I'm assuming, holding a corner, and they drop him down through this hole in the roof. And the Lord recognized their faith, collective. Right. Interesting, isn't it? That's what caused me to marvel at this whole account, because he didn't say, I, I see your faith, and therefore, and we sometimes think we have to manifest our faith right. personally. But actually, in this case, The faith that he saw was the faith of those that dug through the roof of the house to let down this poor paralytic man before the Lord at his very presence, and that's when the Lord spoke the word. But he did it based on their faith. Yeah. And I would like to think, uh, Chris, that we could exercise the faith that would cause us to serve the Lord in such a way and serve paralytic sinners. 
that they could be healed, not because of their faith, but because of our faith. So maybe my faith is a little short, but I'm just going to add mine to yours today, Francis, and uh, see how far that gets us. I bet uh, it helps quite a bit. I sure hope so, because I believe this is a principle that the Lord wants. If we could learn to serve the Lord in this way, we would be following our slave savior's example. Well, some of those watching this whole event now have taken some serious exception to the words they just heard. And again, I'll remind you, those words are, child, your sins are forgiven. Now we go to verse 6 in chapter 2. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why is this man speaking this way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins except one, God? And immediately, Jesus, knowing in his spirit that they were reasoning this way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise up and take your mat and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth, he said to the paralytic, To you I say, Rise, take up your mat, and go to your house. (laughs) <laughs> Marvelous. Well, this was uh, the God-man uh, that they were dealing with, and of course it hadn't dawned on them at this point that, uh, just exactly what they were up against, but we have an omniscient as well as an all-powerful one here. All right, here's Witness Lee with our next portion. The first time for the Lord as the safe Savior to carry out his gospel service is to forgive your sins. You know... I don't believe they ever thought that paralytic was sinful. But to their surprise, the Lord said, To the sick, your sins are forgiven. Now, the uh, scribes heard this. They didn't say a word, but they reasoned in their heart. They were silent, but they reasoned within them. Who is this one? He can forgive people's sin? There's only one can do this. That is God. And this man, we know he's a Nazarene. How could little Nazarene, despised by the people, forgive people's sin? He's blaspheming. This was their hidden talk. They thought nobody could know what they were talking with him. But there was one. <laughs> there was one. <laughs> so true. Right away, the Lord Jesus asked them, which is either to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and take your bed and walk. Which is either? That shocked all the scrap to death. <laughs> what? We didn't say a word. How she got to know what we were talking? Yeah, he got to know. Why? Because he's not only Nazarene, he's the very forgiving God. He is the omniscient God. He's not only man. This is the gold points of Mark. Mark always presents us uh, a slave in the likeness of man. Everybody recognized that he was a man. But they didn't realize that this slave in humanity has the very deity within him. What he did indicated that within his humanity there is 
the dead. When he called, child, rise up. That was really something human. He called him child, full of human kindness, full of human intimacy, child. Then he said, rise up and take your bed and go home. My goodness, who can say this? No man can say this. Here you could see the deity is manifested in his humanity. And the humanity is so kind. And the deity is so full of authority. The authority is there and everybody saw the glory and they saw the honor. Hallelujah. Here is a slave Yet God is manifested in him. Francis, this is absolutely tremendous point. He's from uh, this despised region, despised city, Nazareth. He grows up in a lowly way, the son of a carpenter. No status humanly whatsoever. And from the beginning now, he is serving in the way of a slave. So this authority that they just saw manifested, the authority not just to heal, but even to forgive this one's sins, was surely in no way related to his humanity, was it? No, this was something only God could do. In this, their thinking about what he was doing was correct. Only God, but they never realized that this was God in this human form as a slave carrying out God's salvation. So what we're seeing demonstrated is not just a great authority, divine authority, divine power able to heal the sick. We are seeing the manifestation of God in the flesh. And I think this to me is uh, the marvelous aspect that gets overlooked when we present the gospel frequently. That's right. We do need to see this because this is wonderful thing that this one who is apparently just a man from Nazareth, a despised territory which was not appreciated at all by the religious Jews. Right. So he's the one's coming as a slave and he's saying, what's easier to say? Your sins be forgiven? are to rise up and walk. Francis, not only are we taken with our own, you know, divine saving Jesus as the one that was such a blend of this kind of humanity with its kindness and all of its attributes that were really expressing God and also the divinity, the power, the authority. But this is also the hope of the gospel, even as our future portion, isn't it? Yes. The fact that we were paralytics, we were the sick ones, and could hear his voice saying, rise up and walk. This is really marvelous that uh, there could be such a gospel served to us, not only gospel spoken to us, but served to us, so that he was the slave savior really carrying out this gospel work by what he did, and of course what he was. As a man, he could have the compassion and uh, say, your sins are forgiven. But as God, he had the authority to forgive sins, and he had the authority to tell him to rise up and walk. All right, let's come back. We have one verse left in this section. And now he turns back to the uh, paralytic man after dealing with the religious ones. And he, meaning the paralytic, rose and immediately took up the mat and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. In this last section, Witness Lee has some very practical help, even for us, Francis, in our presentation of the gospel. All right, here's Witness Lee. 
In our preaching the gospel, we must learn how to help the listeners, the hearers, how to help them to have the sins forgiven. We shouldn't fall around with them. When we approach people, we must approach in prayer. And don't let them know you are praying. You pray inside. You just pray. The Lord may lead you to say this. Dear friends, only the Lord Jesus as the Son of God and as our Redeemer has the ability, the power, the authority to forgive our sins. Don't say to forgive your sin. The Lord Jesus may say this because he was not a sinner. But when you say, you have to include yourself. You don't need to talk to him that you have to know you are sinful, you just say, friends, only the Lord Jesus, who is the Son of God and our Redeemer, He has the power, the right, the ability to forgive our sins. We all know that in our human life, so many troubles, so many problems, all came from our sin. Always use the word our, not your. Our sin. The source of our trouble is sin. Only Jesus can forgive our sins. You have to believe if we present the gospel in the right way, the Holy Spirit is always ready to honor our speaking. Then this friend might be deeply impressed with this one word. Only Jesus can forgive people's sins. Just this word, this word has been sown into him as the seed of the gospel. We sure have to learn this. Francis, what a good word. You know, I think many times we feel like uh, whether or not we can lead someone to salvation is do we have uh, the right stories or do we have the right strong case to present that evolution is false and all of these things, but really such a simple word. The Holy Spirit, as he said, is right there willing, waiting to operate with such a word because deep down all of us realize we're sinful, don't we? Yes, that's certainly true. And we certainly realize that we have to include ourselves when we're preaching the gospel, that it's for our sins that Jesus has forgiven us. Right. Francis, uh, you've been at this uh, Christian life thing a while. You've had experiences, I would imagine, along this line, leading others to faith in Christ and into salvation into eternal life, uh, just this way, I imagine, haven't you? There have been occasions where I've really experienced this, Chris. I'm very thankful for that. I'd like to practice it more. Yeah. How about his word also that we... uh, Approach these ones inwardly in a prayerful way. This is another key point, isn't it? Yes, indeed. We're serving, as the Lord Jesus did, as a slave, including our own need of this slave Savior applying his crucifixion and his forgiveness to us. Well, you can't help but hear a word like this and feel um, not only a renewed appreciation and freshness in our love to the Lord for what he has done to us, but also, as you said, uh, you get filled with this realization, I don't practice this enough. The Lord is waiting, and the Spirit is here waiting. If we would just keep ourselves more in this kind of prayerful condition, 
the Lord would lead us probably many more times than uh, we practically experience in our daily life. And I have to admire these four that carried him there. Yeah. And the Lord said he saw their faith, and he said to the paralytic, child, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say he saw his faith, right? but he saw their faith that would bring him. I'd like to be among those that have the faith to bring others to Christ that they can hear the words forgiven. So we ourselves, Francis, may not be able to do that much, but if we can just get the one near the Lord Jesus, that's the need. That's right. Good to have you, Francis. Hope you come back again soon for more of these uh, life study messages in the book of Mark. This is a very tasty portion in God's Word, isn't it? I have very much appreciated what we've been into in preparing for this broadcast and hope others would realize They can be among those that bring others to Christ in this way. Really so. Well, we invite you to contact us, as we always do, to get the printed Life Study messages. You can call us toll-free. That number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Weil. Thank you very much for listening today. Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study, but just don't have the time? Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks again for listening.